But I wanted to share just a little bit today. You know, I, I was out in, in Tulsa with my, with my brother for a few days, and, and uh, he, got to, he got to preach for me for a couple days. So I knew he would like, sit me on the porch, and he was telling me all these good things that God was doing. And he was encouraging me and encouraging us as a church. And he's there praying and doing all these things, talking about the Word and the Scriptures, and he's quoting them to me. And he's, I mean, he's going all over the place. And I, I'm, just, I'm just listening, just smiling, and just... Man, you know, I'm a little surprised, but I'm trying not to be shocked. You know, I'm just, I'm just listening and, and smiling and nodding my head, and uh, it was really good. And he said, you know, he, he was so pumped up, and he said, you know what, that gets me about to noon. I mean, he was telling me all that goes on in his day, all the things that happen, and how he stays the head and not the tail, how he stays above and not beneath, and the scriptures that he's meditating on, the things that he's reading. And he said, but you know what, I found that gets me to about noon, and he said, then about noon, I, 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 I need another dose. And so he said, I just reach over. And he said, I started carrying my Bible in the back of my car. So I'll just pull over wherever I am. He, he drives around and, you know, he says, I'll just pull my Bible out and I'll go back to those scriptures. See, and I'll go back and I'll read them again. And I'll go back through the things that he told me. Take five, ten minutes this time and just kind of get jazzed back up. Get re-energized and then go on out for the rest of the day. And I thought that was a, a, a real, he, he told me some things and shared some things with me, and I may share them here in a couple weeks, but uh, it, was a, it was a real encouragement to me, but it was a real eye-opener because we're all in that place. And those things in the morning, you know, as he gets up early and he begins to do those things, they, 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 they continue. But if, but if you get busy and get focused on the day and we have jobs and we got kids and we got stuff going on, as you get into all of that, sometimes y- your joy kind of slips or your peace kind of goes or maybe you feel a little cruddy or, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden you're not real sure. Go back to the word. Go back to that thing. And I wanted to encourage you today that uh, God wants to pour out rain in your life. He, he wants to pour out the blessings of God. And I, I shared about, about 10 years ago, eight, nine years ago, somewhere around there, a, a message about, about the latter rain and how we as believers, many of you maybe not haven't been here that long, but, but some of you have been, and we had all kinds of stuff. I had a little rowboat, and I had galoshes on, and I had a, a scuba mask, and I had a hat, and I, had a, I think I had a big raincoat on and an umbrella, and I was standing in my rowboat, and because believers are all saying, you know, I, I need, oh God, where's the rain? Where's the rain? Where's the rain? But we're walking around. The message was we're walking around all protected from the rain, standing behind a dike of unforgiveness and saying, God, pour out the rain on me. And how silly we look all in all the things that we're doing, whether it be fear, whether it be lust, or whether it be unforgiveness, or all of those things that I had on represented something in our life that kept us out of the very thing that we wanted. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go back and share that message today, but I do want to go back maybe and share some of those scriptures uh, a little bit as we go, because I do believe that God pours out the rain. I do believe that he is the one who poured out the former rain, and it says he will pour out the latter rain into our lives. But I want to share just a little bit of, uh, you know, a message that I, that I heard. I want to teach you just a, a few moments, and I'm not the best teacher on the subject of praise and worship, but a lot of what we talk about today will deal with praise. Because I I believe that 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 is part of the latter rain. That's part of the rain in your life. If you don't praise, you're going to be dry and you're not going to have any rain. They all go together and they all work together. And if we don't get that right, we're going to be in a little bit of a pickle. In Joel chapter 2, verse 23, you know, it talks about that. If you could put that up there real quick. I know I'm a little bit out of line as far as my thing goes here. But uh, Joel 2, 23 says that he will pour us as by the children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he has given you the former rain faithfully and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain. That he is the one who pours that out in our life. 
And, and, and in this scripture, it goes on, and we'll read it here in just a few moments, but it goes on a little while, and I want to share a few things this week and next week that really, I, you know, I, I see us as a generation. I don't necessarily see, you know, Austin's group and your group and your group. And, you know, I, know I, I see them really, I see us all as, as just one big generation who's going for what God has for us, that we don't have to break up into little pieces and little parts, that each generation age-wise, each generation numerically, those groups all have something to add to the things that God's about to do in this world. And we can't forget the young folks. We can't forget the older folks. We can't forget the middle folks. We, we, everybody has a part to play in this, this latter rain that God's about to pour out in the earth, that we're all important. We're all there. But without the rain, you, you're going to die. Without the water, you can live without a lot of stuff, but you cannot live without water. You can't live without it. You have to have it. It's, it's, it's that vital to your body. You'll live for a while. You can make it for so many days, but eventually you will die if you don't have water. Spiritually, too many people have gone without rain in their life. They've gone in the dry place. They haven't been by the river, and they're dying on the vine. There's, there's, no, there's no planting by the river. If you read in, in Ezekiel chapter 47, it says, Where anywhere that the river flows, there is what? Life. There's life. And in this, in this earth today, you have to understand how the water system works. It's one of the few science lessons that I ever really, really liked and paid attention to. They had a really nice diagram. And if your kids are at home and they've got an earth science book, you can go look this up. It's, it's really nice. You know, there's waters and there's streams and there's oceans and there's all these, these things on the earth. And, and all of those things on the earth, as they go, the sun comes down and evaporation causes that water to go up as water vapor. See, it goes up as vapor into the sky. And then if enough of it, I mean, I'm not being real scientific, but if enough of it collects in these areas, clouds are formed. And then when the clouds are formed and the humanity's right, then all of a sudden it begins to do what? Rain. But if there aren't any vapors, there aren't any clouds, there's not going to be any rain. And so in our life, if we're going to live in this latter rain, we have to understand and we have to realize where the clouds come from. It's God that causes the rain, but it's you that makes the cloud. It's God that causes the rain in your life and he pours it out. But if you're not sending up those vapors, they're not going to be any clouds. Where do the vapors come from? Praise. That in this generation, this group of people has an opportunity to praise God like never before. You can do all of these things to praise. And as you praise, that's sending up vapors to the heavens. And those vapors collect in your life and they become clouds and those clouds begin to rain. If you're not praising God, you're going to be dry. Why? Because there ain't going to be any rain. You can say it however you would like. You can say that praise brings joy and praise brings peace and praise brings all of those things. Sure, but all of those things come from the rain. See, how does the earth grow? How do things in the earth grow? They grow because they're watered. And who waters the earth? God does. I mean, you may say, well, I use my hose and I do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the natural, this whole cycle, the water and the clouds and the rain and those things, you can go somewhere where there's drought and they don't have anything there. They told me in the Sudan when I was there, they kept telling me how lush and beautiful and green and all of these things. And when we went, it was like, well, they had big green mango trees, but everything else was brown. And it wasn't necessarily so lush. And so I was trying to figure it out, and it was really <laughs> dusty. There was dust everywhere, and it was in your eyes, it was in your mouth, it was in your throat, it was all over your clothes, it was just, everything was dusty. But they said, as soon as we get through March, I mean, we came in the first of March, he said, by the end of March, all of this will be green, because the rains come. He said, when the rainy season comes, when it gets wet, then everything begins to green up and everything begins to grow. 
God is the one who does that in your life. But I'm telling you, if we don't become a generation who will praise God, if we won't become the generation whose mouth opens up and sings praises to the Lord, who claps and who dances and who does those things before God, if we're, if we're not that generation who's going to do that, see, who will? Because we'll be dry and dusty and old and crusty. And that's not what we're looking to be. If you feel a little dry and dusty and old and crusty, praise. Praise. Open up your mouth. Lift it. Well, that's not who I am. Well, that's fine. You can be Mr. Reserved, but you're going to be dry, crusty Mr. Reserved. You can st- see there's all kinds of ways, and we'll go through them here in just a few minutes. But, but you have to realize it, it is a sacrifice sometimes, right? Hebrews, it says in, in chapter 1350, I'm going to bring the sacrifice of praise. If you go back in Ezekiel, and we've gone through a bunch of scriptures, and, and not Ezekiel, but if you go back to 1 Kings and, and you read the story uh, of Elijah and, and, the, and the rain, right? We know the story, and the, and the prophets of Baal, and they were all doing their thing, trying to see they were in a dry period in their life. And in all the things that they tried to do didn't bring rain. And you may be here today and you may be a believer and you may love God and you may, you may say, I want to follow God, but, but you don't have any rain. You don't have any, there's no joy. There's no happiness. There's no peace. There are none of those things in your life. You've tried. What do you say? I've tried everything I can think of. Well, the problem is it's not you, it's him. Praise God. Well, I don't want to praise. It's no fun. That doesn't matter. Praise him when it's no fun. That's probably the most important time for you to praise him when you don't feel like it. When we don't feel like coming in and jumping up and down, when we don't feel like when we wake up praising God for who he is in the day that he's given us, when we're in the middle of that situation at work and all those things are coming against us, we, we don't feel like shutting the door for a few minutes and just taking some time to praise God. Now, we'll fall on our knees and say, oh, help me, God. I need you. We'll cry. We got no problem crying. We got no problem begging. We got no problem pleading to God. And I'm not saying that those things aren't important. But what I'm saying is in those moments and in those instances, will you praise him? See, will you rise up out of your mess and praise him? Because when you rise up out of your mess in the, in the destruction and the things that are going on, you're sending those vapors into the heavens. You're sending those things. They're forming clouds. And it's getting ready to rain on your situation, getting ready to rain in your office, getting ready to rain in your home, getting ready to rain in your car. So you, 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 can, you can live your life that way, but you have to do it, not me. I mean, Lori can praise, Pastor Pam can praise, Corey can sing and praise all day long, but that, that doesn't get on you. So you, you have to be the one who opens up your mouth. You have to be the one who does that. And if you read this story, you know, Elijah said to all the people, come on over here now that they're all done trying to do everything else that they know to do. Trying to do all the crying out and the cutting and all the things that happened. See, they did all of that. And then he told them to, you know, build the altar and do the sacrifice. And he laid it all out. Then he dug the trench and he poured all the water in the trench. He did all those things. He made it impossible for that to happen in the natural. Why? Because it's God. It's God, not man. He wanted everybody to know that it wasn't him and it wasn't anything he did. He wanted everybody to know that it was God. And he laid down the sacrifice, and then he prayed and said to God, you're the God of gods, man, light the match. And fire came, and it dried up all the water, and it consumed the sacrifice in that place. Hebrews says that that praise is a sacrifice. You're going to have to offer up a sacrifice. But when that sacrifice was offered up, and when that thing was burned up, and when that time happened, then he he told his servant, hey, hey, hey. Verse 41, he said, go up, go up. We're going to go up and we're going to eat and drink. For there is the sound of an abundance of rain. They need, what did they need? They needed rain in their life. 
They were in a place where they needed the rain. And he sent him up there and he said, I don't see a cloud. He said, go back. I'm telling you, there's rain. He said, go back. I, I'm telling you. And he went back again. And he came back. He said, I, you know, there's a little tiny cloud out there. Begin to praise. Begin to lift it up. Begin to praise. Begin to shout. Begin to sing. Begin to clap your hands and dance before the Lord. And as you see the vapors go up, the vapors go up, the vapors go up into that place. They begin to form a cloud in your life. And then all of a sudden, this little speck that was on the distance comes. And then it says, now there's storm clouds. And then there was what? A mighty rain. There was a mighty rain in that place. There was a mighty rain in that time. It says in, in, in Hosea 10, 11, that Judah will plow, and that you're going to have to get out. Judah means praise. That was the, that was what, that's what praise, right? And it, so he was, that was the group. But he will plow. What's that mean? You're going to have to get out and plow some ground. You can't have a harvest without plowing. You can't have clouds that rain on you without praising in your life. Sometimes it is like plowing. Sometimes it is. You come in here and you got all these thoughts. You got all this stuff going on in your head. You got all these things in your heart. And, and we're singing, you know, sing, sing, sing. Yeah, I ain't singing nothing. Let it rain down. Yeah, whatever. I got my umbrella up. Let it rain all at once, man. I ain't getting wet. Get wet. It also says in Genesis, it says, it says that Judah's hand will be on the neck of his enemy. And it's not this idea that you grab somebody by the throat, but it's this idea that you grab somebody by the nap of, nap of the neck. The back, it means back of the neck. Why? So that you can force that enemy down. As you praise, that's like taking the hand of that thing that's trying to come against you and resisting that thing, and it can't come against you. Have you ever really truly praised God and worried about your bills? Have you ever really truly, I'm not mean just come in here and do this thing, I mean, heart of fire, praising God with all your worth. Have you ever in those moments, in those times, worried about anything else besides the greatness of God? What happens? It all goes away. And when you're doing that in that place, all of those things that are coming, then you're standing against them. It's like you're grabbing those things and you're pushing them down as you raise your hand and as you praise. Praise is important. We can't, we can't go on. You can't go on. I can't go on. We, we can't see this latter rain if we're not going to be a people who praise. You know, Elijah said, oh, I, I hear the sound. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Do you hear the sound? I can hear it now. See, it's a mighty sound as the rain is coming into your life. They did, man, let it rain. You jump up and down, man. You got your arms up. You're giving it the whole thing, man. Why? Because it's about to rain, but it's dry. We're in the desert. It says in Isaiah, in Isaiah, he'll bring rivers in the desert. It says he'll, bring, he'll make a way where there is no way. He'll, he'll put a road in the wilderness, and he'll put rivers in the desert. If you want, praise him. Praise him. In Psalms 1, it says that if you're planted and you're by the river, if you're, if you're trusted in the word of God, basically, you're going to live by the river. And everywhere that the river is, it says in Ezekiel, right, there's life. But it goes on and it says, even in those tough times and those hard times, your leaves will not wither. You will not dry up. You will not cease to bear fruit. Well, I live in a desert. Well, then praise him. He'll bring a river to you. He'll put a river in your desert. You know, we shared, and I shared about Pastor Pam a little bit and where we live. Tulsa was like a desert. But there was all the, all the nourishment. There, were, there was a river there because she stayed up at night, played that piano, and did what? Praised God. 
She worshipped him, not about us and our misery or any of those kind of things and all the bad things that happened. She forgot about all of that stuff, and she said, I'm just going to love you for who you are, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. She sang out of her heart. She sang out of her spirit. She did all those different things. She sang songs she knew. God gave her new songs. She, she just poured it out to God, and the river of God continued to keep us. He continued to reign on our house because someone was standing and someone was praising him for who he is. Now, there are a lot of things that happen. You've got to read the word. You've got to pray. There, there are a lot of things that we talk about. But I'm telling you, if you want to see this latter rain in your life, this is a generation who's a rain-making generation. See, there are dry churches. There are dry homes. There are dry cities. There are dry places. The devil loves the dry places. It says in Luke, it says in Matthew, that when they cast the devil out or the demons out, they went to the dry places. You better believe he likes a dry, dead church. And how can you tell? You don't even have to wait till the pastor comes. You walk in the door and you listen for what? The music. See, you see what the praise and the worship's like. You know when you go into your uncle's church or your aunt's church or your mom's old church or whatever that might be, you go in there and what are you thinking? Oh, I wish I could have Corey come on the piano here. If Pastor Pam, if Lori could just come and sing here, it would make a huge difference. Why? Because the praise sends up the vapors which builds the cloud which sends the rain. There's a reason. We don't sing. We don't praise. We don't worship just to fill up 15 minutes of time. We're building storm clouds because there are people that need rain. And so that's when you start pressing. Clap your hands, all you people. Psalms 47.1, that's part of praise, right? The little praise practice. Woo, God is good, see? And I've got a lot of people who say, yeah, yeah, I'm not really so much into that. Well, then you're just going to be dry. Good luck. Yeah, well, it's not my thing. Well, you better make it your thing. Because I'm getting wet. I'm going to get, you're going to get, who, it'll rain all over the place. And there'll be some poor, poor, some poor schlob just sitting there and going to be raining on him. And they need it. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their face. But they're, I, I don't do that. Okay. You know, it used to be that the rain cloud followed people. You know, that was the sad guy. I'm telling you, in this day, the rain cloud is going to be following the happy guy. And it's going to be the other people who are going like this. Ain't no rain. Ain't no rain. Who are you going to be? The devil loves the dry place. The devil loves that. He thinks that's a great place. He doesn't like the wet place because he doesn't like the rain because that comes from God. See, he doesn't like the praise. Why? Because the praise has him by the neck. And he can't operate where you are truly praising God. He can't operate in your life. So when those things begin to come, you begin to praise. And when you begin to praise, you're holding him by the neck and you're plowing away and you're sending up vapors and you're making clouds so God can rain. I mean, that, that's the truth. That is the truth, man. Flat out, get happy. Praise, Snoopy feet going on, you know, Woo! whatever that Snoopy feet thing is. You, you can do that. We can all do that. Zechariah chapter 14. Some of this I've heard before, some of this is me, so you can kind of mix it up and decide who's what. But I've been meditating this for a while, and this, I heard a message somewhat about this, and it was about four years ago, but it says, and it will come to pass in verse 16 that everyone who is left of all the nations will come against Jerusalem. They shall go up for a year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of the tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come to, to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts. It goes on and it says, on them there will be no rain. 
Will you come and will you worship? Will you rise and will you worship? Will you wake up and will you praise? Will you stand in your day and will you hold your hands? Will will you jump up and down and will you sing and will you shout and will you clap your hands to the Lord, all you people? Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Why? You can shout. Why? Because there's triumph. Well, I haven't won yet. I'm going to shout later. You shout before the victory as if you have the victory. That brings the rain. And it's important. And I know, like, all of a sudden I said, well, God, this is like the third time I've talked about this. You know, I've talked about it. You know, I shared it on, this, on the 23rd of January. I shared it on somewhere back there. You know, we did that, that Israel Houghton thing again. We talked about it, and we said how important it is, stirring up that gift and getting those things going. Why? Because you're sending up vapors. We live in a dry world. I'm not worried about the world. I'm not worried about situations. I'm not worried about finances. I'm not worried about health. All of those things are taken care of for me because I'm a believer, because I stand and believe the word of God is true. And I will praise my God all of my days, all of the time. And because I do, I don't have to worry about it. I'll be rained on forever. That's the way that it works. You got to. Now, I was praying for no rain yesterday. I had a wedding outside. So I really was conflicted on the inside of me. I knew I was preaching about the rain, and I thought, well, Lord, I know this is going to sound really like I'm two-faced here, but could you just please give me a half hour with no rain? And it started to sprinkle right at the end, but it didn't rain on us. So it was good. And then I said, open up the sky then. They're all in the tent at that point. God, just let it rip. Let it fly out. Now, think about this. I just want to teach you here just real quick, and I'm not the best, and, and, and Pastor Corey and Pastor Pam have taught praise and worship and Lori and, and VBI forever, and, and I will tell you this. My life changed when I took that class. My life changed. And you may have taken VBI, and you may have been in some different classes and authority of the believer, determining divine direction, or overcoming faith, or principles of prayer, whatever that was in your life. But I'll, I will tell you this. I, I can almost mark it to the time. I mean, that, that changed my life. That class, literally, I mean, I, I don't read all the books all the time. I'm a good first chapter kind of guy, but I read that book. I read, I read that book, couldn't stop reading that book. I mean, it, was, it, was, it, was, it just kind of became life. Why? Because it, it taught me about praise. It taught me about worship. And it taught me about the reasons and the whys and the hows and the wins. I mean, it taught me all of those things. And it really made praise and worship come alive to me like never before. But here, real quickly, nine ways that you can praise the Lord. There's three with your hands, and they're all listed right there. Musical instruments, Psalm 150. You can put that one up there if you want to, Caitlin. Psalm 150 says you're going to praise him with the musical instruments. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. I mean, those are musical instruments. And you may say, well, I'm not very musical. Well, you can bang on something. <laughs> I mean, that's me. I, you know, I, can, I hit all that stuff over there. I give it all a shot. I, I, it's a joyful noise to me. I was standing out in, uh, in Matt's kitchen, and I was in my head, man, I hear this all the time. I mean, that's what goes on in here all the time. And so my, my whole body's just doing that all the, I mean, that's just what I do. I, I, I have to, you know what, I drive the car with my kids in it, and I have to hang on with both hands, and they think I'm just an old driver, and I, it's not because they make fun of me because I'm always beating on everything that I got going on while I drive because that's going on in my head. And I was in Matt's kitchen doing it, and they said, they all three turned around, Shell and, and the two kids, and they turned around and said, Oh my gosh, that's just like your dad. I know, that's like dad. He's just like dad. I was like, man, it must be a gene that you've passed on, some weird, cruel gene that came on us when we wouldn't learn to play the piano. It, this, this crazy beat thing came in and it just got all over us. So that, that's what we got. 
But see, can you do that? Can you praise him with the trumpet? Can, can you praise him with the musical instruments, all of those things? Clapping, Psalms 41, 7, Psalm 47, 1. Clap your hands, all of you people. That's an opportunity to praise. When somebody says, oh, give God a praise, you just, woo, man, you got your hands clapped. Why? That's vapors. They're not saying because they want you to clap for them. They're saying because they want vapors and clouds and rain in your life. That's, see, it's leading people in worship. We're the people, by the way. We're all out here being led in worship. We're not watching people worship God. We're being a part of it, and they're, they're bringing us at that moment into the throne room of God. Why? So that he can pour his rain on you. Come on in. You can stand outside all you want because you won't get wet if you don't praise God. Lifting up your hands, Psalms 134.2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Bless the Lord. There's a reason why we lift our hands. We're here to bless God. We're here to lift him up. Totally surrendering, giving yourself over to him. Three ways with your mouth. You can speak your praise, Psalms 145.21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. My mom always says, well, I don't sing so well. She says, yeah, but you can talk. (laughs) Talk over everything. Because I have that same kind of thing like my mom does. I, I hear things and see things with music. My problem is I don't sing like she does. I can't play anything. So I got to find my way. There's nine of them here. I'll figure them out. <laughs> One day I just might get up here and just dance crazy. You know, I don't know. Just take it if it comes on you. <laughs> Whatever that is. I, I don't know. I keep trying to play the piano and it's just nothing else good comes out. So I said, well, they're going to get it. <laughs> Get my crazy legs going, and then you never know where to go. Sing your praise, Psalm 717. I will sing praise to the Lord Most High. I will sing praise. I don't sing well. Sing anyway. Most of you can't hear me, but I'm loud. When I sang up here, my microphone was never on. Why? Because it's not quite my thing. It's like my athletic ability. I think when I play basketball, I look like Michael Jordan but I don't, <laughs> you know, I wanted Elizabeth to come take a picture of me playing golf one day. Cause I wanted to see what I look like. Cause I've got this vision that I look like, you know, Tiger Woods when I swing the golf club, you know what? I look like a fat guy that's really stiff. How the ball goes as far and as straight as it does. I have no idea. I think it's just years of practicing, not moving. I she took a picture. She's like, click, 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 click. And I was like, Oh my gosh, do I really look like that? That's horrible. But when I sing, I think I sound like, you know, Israel Houghton, man. I'm, I'm like, I'll belt it out. I have to be careful at the gym because I got my earphones on and I'll start singing out loud. I don't care, but, you know, I don't want to bother somebody either. I like the tanning booth because in the tanning booth, man, nobody can hear me. In the shower, people can hear me, all that kind of stuff. Carter was in the shower the other night just belting it out, man. We could hear him all through the house. But in that tanning booth, man, I shut that thing and I turn on the big fans and everything's rolling and I can sing as loud as I want. And it rains on me in that booth. Because I can, I can just praise God and don't have to care. Don't worry about it in here. Sing, 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 sing. Shout the praise. Psalms 47, 1, the back half. The first half says, clap your hands, all of you people. Then it goes on and it says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Some things just ain't going to happen for you until you learn to shout. You're not going to see everything until you learn to shout. It's not going to happen. In Joshua, if you go back and you look in Joshua, in Joshua chapter 6, 
In verse 5, it says, no man, this is God speaking, says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Sorry, that's Joshua 1. I keep going back there. I love that scripture. Sorry. But in Joshua chapter 6, it says in verse 4, and the, and the priest will bear all the seven trumpets of the ram's horn, and the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And verse 5 says, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when they hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people will what? Shout! Shout what? A great shout. Not a little shout, not a little yay. I mean a great shout. Now, if you look and you go back to Psalms 47.1, it references that same word. It talks about the clap and the shout in verse, 70, in, in verse 1 of chapter 47. And it, and it says that, that it indicates energy and enthusiasm. All the nations are commanded to clap their hands and to shout triumphantly to God. Formalistic religion, see, seeks to discourage this kind of worship. Why? Because it's religion and not about relationship. It's about how you act in the place and not who you're acting for and who you're living for. It says, although God has built into the human being an almost instinctive urge to clap and shout when victory is experienced. See, what happens when somebody scores a run? Everybody does what? They clap and they shout. Even before the ball's been out of the park, they're already on their feet clapping and shouting because it's about to happen. Some things just ain't going to happen until you learn to shout. Well, I'm not a shouter. Well, then you might not see some things. Quiet. But, I, you know, I'm not trying to be negative, but I am trying to say there are some things you just got to shout your way through. Get in the tanning booth, turn up all the windows, nobody will hear you. <laughs> but there are some things you're going, shout in your car, praise in your car, worship in your car, sing, clap your hands. It says in verse 20, and they shouted with a great shout. And what happened? The walls came down. Vapors. See, the vapor's going up, forming the clouds. And then God's the one who brings the rain. It's true. The other three, if you go on, that's the shout part. But if you go on with your body, you can stand in his presence. Exodus 33.10. You know, it says, it says when they began to praise the Lord, when the, when the pillar and the fire and the, the, the pillar came, the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of the fire, they all stood up in their place to worship. It said, Nehemiah 8.6, you can lie prostrate. <laughs> if you were here a few months ago you realize why i was really nervous about putting that in there <laughs> face to the ground i left the r off last last year somewhere along the way and i didn't i just now started to hear the end of it so i thought man i don't want to bring that back up but it's one of the ways so i don't i could just skip over it <laughs> nehemiah 8 6 we'll just leave that number three <laughs> with your body dance before the lord this isn't footloose. You don't have to go across the bridge to dance. You can dance right here. Okay? Everybody get footloose. I don't know the song so well, but they said I used to look like that guy. I must have had some really bad hair. But it said, let them who praise his name with the dance. Psalms 149.3. You can dance before the Lord. Let it out. Let it go. It's this idea that the enemy has sold you and told you that you have to be reserved all the time and that isn't who you are or what you should do. Heck, where are the vapors going to come from if you're not the one doing it in your life? So your house should be full of praise. Your car should be full of praise. Your life should be full of praise to God. Don't be too reserved to get wet. See, the youth, if you want to see what happens, man, you turn to youth, the youth, why is it the younger people? Because they haven't been beaten down yet by everybody else. They've been jumping and dancing for ages. What happens? You were a youth once. 
Some longer than others. Some maybe never you were a youth. I was always 74. <laughs> that happens. But that exuberance of youth, see what happens from the time that they're 14 and 15 is those students are jumping up and down and they're waving their hands and they're all excited. And when you go to acquire the fire, you give you motion sickness because all of them move at the same time and it's, it's a little wild. But there's something about that. They're sending vapors as they dance and as they sing and as they shout and as they clap and as they praise God. Don't tell them to stop. Encourage them to keep going. Because something happened to that 18-year-old when he became 25 and became 35 and became 45 because he doesn't do that anymore. Did you grow out of it? No. You shouldn't have. God didn't intend for you to. See, where's the rain? Where's the clouds? Man, I used to be a praiser. Oh, that one's a rough one too. I used to be a praiser. I used to do all that. I used to, used to sing, used to clap, used to jump up and down, do that kind of stuff. And you can look at him and you go, yeah, you don't anymore, do you? <laughs> you can see it. You can see it. There's no rain. It's dry. Don't let your circumstances dictate whether or not you do this. Situations and circumstances take you from that 16, 17, 18-year-old kid who loves God and just wants to jump around. Regardless of the situation, regardless of what's going on at school, regardless of what's going on at home, regardless of what's going on around the corner, regardless of what's happening in all those different places and all their friends, man, they lay it all down and they do what? They focus on God and they just praise Him and they just jump up and down. They don't listen to the circumstances. They don't look at the circumstances. They don't even care what those things are. Why? Because God's taking care of them. They know, I'm just going to praise God. I'm going to jump up and down. That last night, man, when everything's all done and it's all gone, it's quite a party. You've got to almost like, they basically have gotten to the point now where they just go, they just shut all the lights off and everybody walks away. Otherwise, they'll just keep doing it all night. They would keep going all the way into the morning, jumping up and down and lights flashing and things going. Man, they're just, they're just praising God. See, what happens from there to, to where we end up? Circumstances and situations. See, if you're in a dry place, send up some vapors. If you're in a, in a deserted place, send up some vapors. He'll bring a river in your desert. You don't want, you don't want to, to like do that feel like it thing. See, you don't want to say, well, I'll do it when I feel like it, because you're never going to feel like it. Paul and Silas in Acts in chapter 16, they were thrown into prison. Because they were doing the work of the Lord. There was a demon-possessed lady. They cast out the demon. The lady was, see, but she was, a, you know, she was somebody who was making people cash because of the spirit of divination. And so she was telling things up. And so the people who, who kind of owned her got upset because she wasn't doing that anymore because there wasn't a demon. So they got upset and they took Paul and Silas and they put them in the jail. And not just in the jail, they put them like in the inner nastiest place of the jail. They took them to the really bad place. Well, the mistake was they put two praisers together. See, they didn't put two worry warts. They didn't put two people who weren't going to turn to God. They didn't put two people who were going to talk about the problem. They didn't put two people who were going to go into that place that night and sit there and try to figure out a way to get out. They didn't put, they didn't put two people in there, one of them to say, it's okay, buddy. No, it's not. We're going to die. No, it's okay. No, it's gonna die. Okay, we're going to die. No, I think it's okay. I mean, they didn't put confused people in there. I mean, you've you got to hang around the right folks. You got to hang around the right folks. I mean, you get a praiser with somebody who's real negative. If this praiser is not real strong, this negative person will suck it out of them. But they put two praisers together. And it said about midnight, they got up. And what they start to do? They started to praise God. They started to worship Him. They sang songs to them. See, they began to jump up and down. They began to do their thing. And what happened? The whole place shook. 
The doors all flung open. The chains all came off and they were free. God rained on them because they got up in the midst of a horrible situation. They got up and they praised. They could have been down in the dauber. They could have been upset with themselves. They could have been upset with the guy who jailed them. It wasn't their fault. They're only doing the good thing. They could have got mad at God. God, we're trying to do what you tell us to do. We end up in jail. Seriously? I mean, you know, they got an argument. They got a point. We're trying to do what God asked us to do. And, and we end up in trouble. But instead, it said, they got up and they praised God for who he was. They stood up and sang psalms and, sang, and did that. In Second Chronicles, they told him, hey, Jehoshaphat, don't go fight, go praise. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It said the next morning when they all, they all stood up and they began to do what? Sing praises to God. It said that all those other people turned on each other. They were trapped, set, and they all destroyed each other. And what did they get to do? They just had to praise God. No, I'm not saying if you stay in your house for 24 hours and you know, jump up down and sing and dance, everything's going to be all right. But you never know. If God tells you to do it, it will be. But he's not telling you not to do it at all. He may not be saying to you, you need to go spend the next 48 hours praising me. But he isn't telling you, don't praise me for six weeks either. Praise him every day. It says the praise is going to continually be in your mouth, that it comes out of your mouth everywhere that you go. That when you're alone, you begin to sing that. When you're alone, you begin to think that. When you're driving your car, your hand begins to go up. When you're working out at the gym, all of a sudden your hands are up. Why? Because you're focused on him. You're praising him. See, all those things come out of you. Why? Because he's great and greatly to be praised. Yeah, praise break. See, you got to practice. See, we don't take enough praise breaks in your life. You don't take enough time. We don't take enough time to sit back and say, you know what? I'm just going to praise God here for a second. Not, not whine and moan about me and my situation, but praise God for how good he is. Oh, God, you're good. Your mercies endure for... I mean, just start saying the scripture that he gave you. Start, start coming out of your mouth. Start singing that song. Start clapping your hands. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to do sometimes. I want to boogie. I want to clap. I want to sing and raise my hands. I don't have enough arms and legs to do it all. I, I mean, that, but that, that's the way that it goes. Psalms 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's time for famine to end. It's time for dry spells to end. It's time for all of those things to end in your life. Send up vapors. Let it form clouds and let him rain. Because it says he'll pour out. He'll pour out the rain. It says he'll pour out in those days on all flesh. It says in the young daughters and the, and the sons and the old men and the young men and all those things. We'll talk about that next week as we come in, some of those other things. Because this is, we are a generation who is going to usher in. See, we're going to be the generation that ushers in the second coming of God. Jesus is going to come again, and we're going to be the ones who are here. If we can get our stuff together. If we can get our stuff together. We start praising, start bringing down the rain everywhere that you go. You should be bringing water. Why? Because in the water is life. And it's impossible for you to help somebody else. It's impossible for you to reach out to somebody else and give them your dry, dusty sand. Did you ever see uh, Three Amigos? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've watched like a hundred times. <laughs> but there's a, there's a moment where he, one guy, you know, I think it's Chevy Chase, his canteen's full of water. And then the, the, the other guy, he's, he, he's just full of sand. 
And they're, they're in the desert, they're all dry and they're dusty, and he opens it up because he wants to be refreshed. See, people want to be refreshed. You want to be, I mean, we all want to be refreshed, but people need what you have. And so he takes his canteen and he, he opens up his mouth and it just all the sand just, and he's already parched. You can see he's like peeling. He's like, he's, he's already eaten up by the sun and he's just, he's barely hanging on. And he gets his water and he, and his whole face is filled with sand. He chokes it all out. And he looks over. And Chevy Chase is going, he's just all water. And he's spitting it out and pouring it on his head. Shouldn't do that. And then he takes an empty canteen and he throws it off and he's all refreshed. And there was a little guy sitting there. He was sand in his mouth and he's dry and dusty. All he wanted was a drink. Share your water. See, share that. Everywhere that you go, God's raining on you. So you can reach out in some dry and dusty field. And you can be part of God bringing a river into that life. But see, none of those things happen. None of that stuff gets going in your life unless you praise. I'm telling you, most of these messages turn around to to giving out to somebody else. Because that's what it's about. Let's stand up together and let's pray. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.